All right, welcome to the conversation. You guys want to get rid of Joe Manchin? Yeah, me too. So let's talk to a guy who's trying to make that actually happen. Stephen Smith is the co-chair of West Virginia Can't Wait. He's a former West Virginia gubernatorial candidate. And he's now helping to push replacejoemanchin.com. Stephen, welcome back to the program. So good to see you, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So Stephen, here you don't have to explain why we want to get rid of Joe Manchin. Everybody already agrees. Okay, so uh, the question is how? So help me understand how replacejoemanchin.com is gonna get him out of office. Yeah, it's a great question, right? Because the real problem here is we have to replace a machine, not one man. Uh, that behind Joe Manchin are those corporate lawyers and financiers, the big pharmaceutical companies, and so we don't pretend that one politician is gonna come around and save us from Joe Manchin, one other politician. What you do at replacejoemanchin.com is you log on, we hope you'll make a donation. But that donation isn't gonna go to one race in three years. It's gonna go to the long-term infrastructure building, building a machine of volunteer firefighters and nurses and educators of wage workers throughout West Virginia that can take on the machine that's been putting us down. The other thing you can do at replacejoemanchin.com is nominate someone you want to see run or nominate yourself to run. That as you know, West Virginia can't wait is a movement to win a people's government in West Virginia. And so if you're a working class person that wants to get involved in your community, in your workplace, or if you want to put your own name on the ballot, we're here to help. And this is it. This is what it's going to take. There's no silver bullet. Manchin himself is a symptom, not the disease. And we have to get at the disease. So I remember talking to you about West Virginia can't wait. And I thought that it was actually really similar to the idea that we had with just Democrats at the national level, which is. Uh, the only way to beat a machine is with another machine. Uh, and that you can't do it one person at a time. It's like charging against the cavalry with just one person. I know Jon Snow did, did it, but even he didn't do it. He actually had backup come and support him eventually. And that's why they won. And in fact, he had two rounds of backup come and support him. And so I love the idea overall. But let's talk mechanics a little bit more. Because if there's one thing the American people love, mm -hmm. it's mechanics. Um, so, <laughs> so. How would it, um, actually let me back up because in order to understand how you're gonna do it in the future, you kind of have to know how you did it in the past. So I know you ran for governor, mm -hmm. uh, you lost narrowly in the primary, but many other uh, candidates from your slate did win. So tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, there's a lot that people get wrong about West Virginia, right? Uh, one of the things you hear all the time is that we vote against our own interests or that uh, this is the best we can do. Uh, and we looked at that criticism. We looked at the corporate leadership of both parties in West Virginia and said, enough. We want to not keep going up to that capital and trying to persuade those in power. We want to replace them. And so from 2018 to 2020, we built a campaign and then an organization that could build lasting political power. Here's what that means, right? We went out and we built a platform not by poll testing or talking to a bunch of political consultants. We did 197 town halls across West Virginia before the coronavirus hit, asking people what would make a difference in your or your family's lives. And we built that platform, a people's platform. 
We also put together a pledge. We said, what would it take for us to support a candidate that was really on the side of the people? And we wrote this pledge and said, if you pledge not to take corporate cash, never to cross a picket line, never to hide from a debate, never to punch down, right? Never to blame the people who are hurting for their pain. If you promise those things and you're willing to work door to door, neighbor to neighbor, then you can be a part of our slate. And 101 candidates took that pledge. We recruited, trained, and supported 101 candidates in our first election. We've added a few more this year in off year elections. And of course, most of those people lost, not because they weren't great candidates, but because we were just getting started and we're up against two political machines that have been around for hundreds of years. But we think 101 candidates is a pretty damn good start. And we think 15 people in office, which is what we have now across West Virginia, some Democrats, but also independents, Republicans, all of whom are working on the side of working class people, that that's a real start. And if we can do that in two years, starting from nothing, imagine where we'll be in another two years and another two years. This is generational work and we're inviting folks from around the country to be a part of it. And we think it's pretty exciting. So let me tell you something, 15 candidates out of the eight is awesome. So you shouldn't be worried about the 101. Hopefully you make it 201, I don't care if it's 201 and 18 win, who cares? That means you got three more guys in, right? And so, and I remember first cycle in 2018 for Just Democrats, we had 71 candidates and only four won. But it was a pretty good four. <laughs> right, that was AOC, <laughs> Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, and Ayanna Presley, and then obviously more came after Marie Newman, Jamal Bowman, Cory Bush, etc. And then there's the incumbent. So you, that's how you build um, a machine to fight uh, the corrupt one. And we had the same rule: no corporate PAC money. And so that naturally comes out of any conversation with the grassroots. So. Uh, now you've got to convince Republicans or conservatives in West Virginia, right? You can't just go to progressives or people who identify as progressives and be able to win a state level. So when you're talking to conservatives in West Virginia, what's usually most appealing about the message you guys have? Thanks for this question, because this is one of the things that we wrestle with a lot and one of the things that often get said about our work is that what we are building is some kind of challenge from the left, right? This isn't a challenge from the left. What we're offering is a challenge from the bottom, a challenge from the people. That politics in West Virginia has never been left versus right. That is a joke, it's a, a ruse, a game played by the powerful to make it seem like we have real choices. What we're doing is, gathering people from all across the political spectrum and mostly people who don't identify with either party and saying we can do this ourselves. So to answer your question, the message we deliver to conservatives, Republicans, libertarians is almost not a message at all. We don't think our job is to go in there wagging our fingers and telling West Virginians what they should care about or what should matter to them. They've already seen that for generations from politicians. Instead of telling people what they need or what they should vote for or how they should do their business, we ask, right? When we built that platform, those 197 town halls were listening sessions. We did 11,000 additional one-on-one -on -one conversations with voters. That in our conversations, we aren't selling something, 
We're inviting people in. We're saying, what would it make a difference in your family's life? And then we point to our platform and say, you know what? That thing you just mentioned, it's right here, right? Whether it's full cannabis legalization, whether it's broadband as a public utility, whether it's shifting police dollars away from policing people for being poor and sick and black to instead policing corporate crime and political corruption, whether it's getting money and lobbyists out of politics. These are things that we find attract people from all different backgrounds. And we knew they would because that's what people told us. Yeah, and look, if you strip the party labels away, I know because I've seen the polling on the issues, including in West Virginia, tons of conservatives agree with our positions. Or you could, by the way, they're fair, they're right to say you agree with our positions. So, for example, the position we all agree on is anti corruption. The only people who don't agree on it are the giant corporations that run this country, including the media corporations. They never talk about corruption and the politicians who they bribe. So, that is a great unifying element in the country. But it never breaks through because the media is the one that's the bottleneck on it. They love the corruption, so they don't like to. They they're the ones who do the ruse about the left versus the right in the first place. So I love the effort that you're doing. So in the time that we have left, then then okay, replace JoeMansion.com. People go, you get involved in this process, and maybe you even run, etc. But then eventually, who runs against Mansion? How do how do you guys select that? What happens to actually replace them? Yeah, it's a great question. First, no one knows what he's running for or whether he'll run in 2024. That's one of his tricks, right? He likes to keep as much leverage as possible. That's why we have to start now. And what we're doing is there's a team of people inside West Virginia Can't Wait who's already starting to have conversations about 2024. You know, the nice thing about running our own machine is that we have a bench. There, neither party was building a bench of anti-corporate candidates, so we went and built our own. That means we've got 110 people who have had the experience of running. We can look to them and see where they might run. We can look to people who haven't run before. And the only shot we have in 2024, whether that's challenging for a Senate seat or a gubernatorial seat or any other statewide office or congressional office, is if we do that machine politics right now. And that includes recruiting candidates for lower office that can eventually challenge at higher office. So there's no easy answer. There's no one person who's gonna save us. We really believe that, but we're gonna make that decision collectively. And if I'll say just one more thing, you know, one of the ways that starts is by running slates in local government. And anybody can do this across the country. If you're not sure how, you can always be in touch with us. We're easy to reach online. My cell phone is 304-610-6512. We always wanna help people pick up and lead wherever they are. And that's what we're doing in localities in West Virginia for 2022 to gear up for 2024 is running slates of candidates together, city councilors and county commissioners running together, pooling resources and involving people in the political process who are normally excluded. Whether that means street outreach to people who are houseless or just last month, we sent 400 handwritten letters to people living in the regional jail here in Charleston, inviting them to be a part of the process. What would you want in your city government? And that's 
the hard work. That's how we win because there is a growing majority, not a slim minority of leftists or intellectuals, but a growing majority of people in West Virginia who are tired of getting kicked in the teeth and don't care whether the boot on our necks is blue or red. If you're interested in joining us, we're always looking for all the help we can get and we're easy to find. All right, Stephen Smith from West Virginia can't wait and replace JoeMansion.com. Appreciate you joining us. All right, back on the conversation. You got a great guest for you guys, Jethro Elise. He's candidate for California's 36th Assembly District. Um, I know Jethro from our run for the congressional seat in California 25. We were bitter opponents, but now look at this unity. All right, fine. We weren't bitter opponents, but we were opponents. So, Jethro, I'm thrilled to support you in this race, and great to see you again, brother. Thank you, thank you, Jake. I really appreciate it. First, I want to say thank you, TYT, for inviting me on the show. And you guys do great work, you and your team, and just basically holding the line for progressives. Yeah, and so Jetro and I were part of several forums where the non-progressive in the race didn't show up, but 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 Jetro was there every time and doing a great job. And it was actually like, other than that drama, it was like. It was a pleasure debating with folks who agree on on caring for the people, doing the right things, the right policies, and then have some you know difference of opinion. It's almost like how democracy was supposed to be. Um, so that, that was just a great experience for me in that regard. Um, so now you're running for a state seat. Uh, so uh, first, tell me who's in that seat now. Okay, right now we have Tom Lackey. Uh, this guy doesn't. He doesn't embrace anything that is progressive, obviously because he's a Republican. But two, just for, just to help people, he he's just not willing to do it. He's not willing to do it. He voted against laws to help people, as in extending extending unemployment benefits for people that really need it during this time. He just said, you know what, we're not going to do it. We're not going to extend unemployment benefits for those that really need it, and it, it hurt people. It hurt people, especially out here in the Upper Antelope Valley where people need needed that. He basically cut off their lifeline. Yeah, see, I'm I'm amazed by the Antelope Valley in a couple of ways. So, for those of you who don't know, it's L.A. has tons of suburbs. The L.A. County stretches forever and ever, and and it even goes into the Mojave Desert, and and so that's where the Antelope Valley is, Palmdale, Lancaster, or very far suburbs of of L.A. And so, um, and and folks there are majority minority in that area. Yes. And so largely Latino, but a significant black population too, and whites are the minority. And majority Democratic registered voters, yet Republicans like Tom Lackey keep winning. So before I even get into the stuff that he did, Jethro, what's your sense? Why do Republicans win in that area? You know what, we have the numbers, it's on our side, it's just that we're not turning them out. Um, we don't have uh, the ground game. We don't, and that's why they keep beating us out, frankly. Uh, but what I've done, what I've done, um, I've opened up an office for Democrats to run. 
So that if you're on running for city council, if you're running for mayor, if you're running for school board, if you're running for Congress, state assembly, I built out an office so that we all can get together, devise a plan and storm storm the district, basically. So look, there's two interviews in a row. We're just talking to somebody from West Virginia, and and mm-hmm. they weren't just running for themselves. What they set up was an organization in West Virginia to help all progressives and all uncorrupted candidates. And Jetro's doing the same here in the Antelope Valley. I love that, that's exactly the progressive spirit. So do two things for me guys. One, go to JetroElise.com and help out if you can. He's in an enormously winnable race. I mean, there's no reason why a Republican should win there. If we can get the message out, we can get enough funding. And that's the number one problem that progressives have in local races, which is funding, right? And, and exactly. volunteering, etc. So go to JetroLease.com and we'll have it in the description box below if you're watching this later on YouTube or Facebook. But also go into the office and help. And I, we had awesome volunteers in Palmdale and Lancaster. Mm-hmm. And if we can you know, get that energy again in that area, that's an easy place where we can pick up a seat in California. Yes, 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 yes. We have to push push progressive values, you know, push it over the line. You know, we want to take our progressive values and we want to take it over there to the uh, doorstep of the capitals and we want to parade it around in the uh, in the assembly halls. So we need to do that. We need to do that. We need to back AB 1400 uh, guaranteed health care for every Californian, because especially out here in the upper Antelope Valley. Uh, we have people that have health care, it's just not accessible. And if we pass AB 1400, what's going to happen is that now funds are available. When we make those funds available, we can have more, more hospitals, more outpatient clinics, more urgent cares, more emergency rooms to help the residents here in the upper Antelope Valley. Yeah, that's right. So let's go back to Tom Lackey. So he mm-hmm. votes to cut off unemployment benefits. How does a guy like that get elected again? So, and, and the answer usually is because not enough people find out. Uh, so, yeah. help me understand what the state of the press is in that area at this point. Do they report it, you know, pretty clearly and and repeatedly that he voted against unemployment benefits, or do they just generally have friendly press towards him? They have a friendly press out here because it's a very purple district, and they're friendly to Republicans out here. They are very friendly to Republicans out here, but it's a very winnable race. What we have to do is just make sure that in every encounter, we make sure that the residents here in the upper Antelope Valley know what he's doing. We have to, we have to every encounter, every meet and greet, every rally, we we mention, say, hey, you know, this is what he voted against. He's not for you. He doesn't. He's not for progressive values. He doesn't like working class people, and we need to put somebody in there that's going to that's going to have progressive values in mind. In every in every avenue, and when I get up there, I'm telling you, Jack, I'm going to lean on them for health care, lean on them about voters' rights. I'm going to lean on them about jobs and job security. We're going to lean on them about people retiring, retiring with dignity. You know, lean on them about their pensions, lean on them about labor. We have to stay on them, Jack. We cannot let up. We cannot let up. So that's really important because you're running for California Assembly, and now California Democrats have a supermajority, but it looks like they might even lose a recall election of, of Gavin Newsom, the governor. And and the reason for that, <laughs> I know it's amazing, right? It's it's amazing. And 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 yet and part of the reason why Gavin Newsom might lose is because um, Democrats say they're gonna do certain things and then they get into office mm-hmm. and they don't do them. Um, so yeah. is your strategy to go in there as a progressive and actually try to get the Democrats to be Democrats? Yes, that's the first thing we're gonna do. 
I'm not gonna, I'm not bending, Jenk. I'm not bending. We have to stay with our progressive values. That's the reason why we got put in there in the first place. We have to answer to our constituents. And if we don't do that, why are we in it? Why are we gonna be in it? If we're gonna, um, we're gonna fall in line with the Democratic establishment, which doesn't work, you know, they're just Republican like. Most of them are Republican like anyway. So what we want to do is make sure that we lean on them about progressive values. Stay in there, stay in there, and make sure we're in their face about it. We know knock on their doors, make sure we meet with every assembly member, and we lean on them about what we want to do in changing California. Yeah, so when I ran as a progressive, and you did as well in the California 25 race, the establishment was not that friendly to us, <laughs> to say the no, least. No, they weren't. <laughs> no, um, and so there's a big there's a big machine in California. The Democratic Party is a machine, and if you and so actually the recall election is a perfect example of that. The machine is telling you not to vote for another Democrat on the second half of the recall issue. But wait a minute, if Gavin loses. Then you're handing it to a Republican, and that's that, exactly. That, it's just an <laughs> exactly. insane. It's an insane strategy, and the reason they do that strategy is because they'd rather have a Republican in office than a Democrat they can't control. So True. exactly. And so Jetro, they're gonna have trouble controlling you. So, uh, how? What has been the reaction? Did they? Uh, I know. I think when you first came in, you were one of the first uh, entrants in this race. Have some establishment oh, folks yeah. then join because they were worried that a progressive was going to win? Uh, yes, we do have one other establishment. I'm not even going to mention that person's name. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've aligned themselves with the Democratic Party and they're just, you know, just waiting just to follow orders to be lockstep with the uh, establishment. But that doesn't change the fact that uh, they're not going to bring change to the assembly. They're just not going to do it. You need somebody that's going to be think by themselves, think for themselves, and think on behalf of the people that put them in there. You know, we have we have a supermajority in California. We should be pushing anything we want, anything. But we're just not. We're not. You know, we should have we should have healthcare. We should have jobs. We should have a clean environment. We should be supporting the Green New Deal. We should be supporting jobs. We should be. It should be a no-brainer, Jen. But I don't know why we're not doing it. I just don't know why. Yeah, and so Jetro, you you got a varied background. Uh, so. You're you're from there. You're from LA originally, and then and and then obviously in 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 the Antelope Valley, and you're part of the Palmdale Chamber of Commerce, but also member of the SEIU. So you got you you covered. You're a businessman, <laughs> right? You've got it all covered. You went to Howard Business School, and so you got this great track record. Um, so when you, you. <laughs> there you go, I know. There's a couple of schools that like they're alumni. They always gotta yeah. you know show uh, show their loyalty. You gotta show love, man. You gotta yeah, show they, love, man. I hear you. So um, so for the Antelope Valley, when you're in the assembly, what do you think are the top couple of issues that you're gonna push uh, really aggressively on? Uh, healthcare for one, because one, I am a healthcare worker. Uh, we're gonna make sure that healthcare is a top priority and make sure that all our bases are covered for people in the state of California. It has to be. Uh, make sure that not only do you have uh, healthcare, but it's accessible in your area. Uh, two, we have to do something about jobs. Um, and that's what my campaign is about, mostly about jobs. I know the Biden administration right now, is, uh, his campaign is about the Build Back Better. Ours is Bring Back the Trades. We have the mechanical trades, the construction trades, the medical trades. Those are good paying jobs. Those are mortgage paying jobs that uh, that pay very well, you know, and is needed in this area. We can do, we can rebuild our infrastructure here, our roads, our electrical, uh, our uh, electrical infrastructure, our water infrastructure, you know, uh, our schools, our, our our buildings. 
We can do it, Jake. It's, it's, it's here. We have the money to do it. We have the, the personnel to do it. And those are jobs that can't leave. You can't outsource a patient if they're in a, if they're in a hospital. You can't outsource our roads. You can't outsource our water infrastructure or our electrical grids. Use a good paying job to stay here. Yeah, you know, Killer Mike would love that message. So he is, of course. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but he supported Nina Turner in in her race, and he's got a Netflix show where he talks about bring the trades back. So that's why I mentioned him. So he's right, you're right, and and guys, as we end here, look, Jethro and I ran against each other, but we really like each other, and yeah, it's all love, man. It's yeah, all love. <laughs> yeah, and this is what unity looks like. And so yeah. don't let them lie to you about fake unity where they ask us all to comply, right? Real unity is, hey, we might run against each other, but we I know Jetro's heart's in the right place, his intent's in the right place, and we mm-hmm. largely grant all these issues. And so, and he's got a great plan exactly. for, for the 36th assembly district. So if you can, JetroRelease.com, not only go help him, through donations because that is the number one thing local progressives need. Without the machine behind them, they need you guys to back them up. But if you're in the area, go volunteer. As you can tell, you're gonna like Jetro. And you're gonna like working on this stuff together and rescuing the Antelope Valley together. Thank you, Jetro, for joining us, we appreciate it, man. Thank you, Jake, I appreciate it. Continue to hold the line, brother. Absolutely.